Listening to the Deep Thoughts Podcast, where we explore one aspect of the Christian faith more deeply. I'm your host, Matt Schantz, and we are continuing to look at faith doubts. And this episode is all about hypocrisy. You will not find a more hypocritical podcast episode than this one. It is chock full of hypocrisy because it is all about hypocrisy. Specifically, how can Christianity be true when Christians are hypocrites? So thanks for joining me. Let's get started. Right out of the gate, this is what I want to say. Everybody's a hypocrite. Everybody. If you were to put a recorder around every person's neck, nobody would live up to the standards that they set for themselves and others. Like, everybody breaks them. So hypocrisy is really belief that your actions don't live up to. It's preaching something while not adhering to it. Like, that is the issue. And really, everybody's a hypocrite. Rex Murphy, who I, I refer to as Can, uh, Canadian journalism's Don Cherry, you know, um, he wrote a, an opinion piece in the National Post about uh, a climate summit that was held in Sicily this summer. It was sponsored by the two founders of Google, and it was attended by A-list celebrities and billionaires. And he, he talks about what hypocrites these celebrities and billionaires are because they went to this climate summit about how, uh, you know, people could cut down on the consumption of fossil fuels. And yet there were 114 private jets that made their way into the Palermo airport, you know, air or what air or whatever. And there were only 300 people attending. But not only that, there were also super yachts in the waters, right? He called them these vultures, gluttonous for fossil fuels, rivaled only by the excesses of private jets flying thousands of miles to hold meetings to persuade the poor of the world to cut down on the consumption of fossil fuels. Even during the point of this, at points in the summit, in free time, they could drive these $200,000 Maseratis, take them for joy rides, but you know, they themselves were obviously high fuel consuming things. And so, right, he's, he's pointing out their hypocrisy, you know, he'll get the, you know, they'll get the minions of the world to uh, have a smaller carbon footprint. Meanwhile, they own mansions in multiple parts of the world and fly private jets and all that kind of stuff. He ended the article by saying, to their credit, there were no plastic straws, <laughs> which is, is so great. And then, I'm a Canadian, this is a Canadian podcast, and uh, our Prime Minister has been in hot water um, just recently because of these essentially blackface pictures that have come up. They've been referred to as brownface pictures in the media because he was, his skin was dark brown, he was wearing an Aladdin costume or something, and another 
you know, picture surfaced of him from high school doing the same thing. And, uh, of course, this is troubling. Um, and yet he obviously, he ran on the premise that he's the most progressive, you know, prime minister ever, really. But in his actions, he's, you know, where he was, you know, deemed to be a feminist and, uh, you know, for racial equality and equality of every kind in, in a couple of the scenarios he's been in as the prime minister, he's looked the opposite. I have no political agenda in sharing that. I'm just merely saying when it comes to celebrity, it, it certainly, we can see the hypocrisy. When it comes to politicians, I mean, we certainly see the hypocrisy, but to be honest, those pale in comparison, really, they really do pale in comparison um, to the distaste that people have for religious hypocrisy, right? It's the hypocrisy of the religious that's the most off-putting to people. So much so that people today aren't even really asking much, is Christianity true? They're asking, <clears throat> why are Christians such bigots? And so because we're talking about doubt in this uh, first season of the podcast, the question underneath the hypocrisy doubt really is, how can Christianity be true when Christians are hypocrites? So I want to address this in a few different ways. People look in at, at people who claim to be Christians, they look in at the church and they point out the hypocrisy. Um, how do we respond to that? Uh, other than, the, than saying right out of the gates, um, you know, we're all hypocrites. Uh, I, I just want to, to clearly state that that includes Christians. The church, yes, hypocritical behavior can be found everywhere. So let's nuance that a little bit more. Here's the first thing I would say. That there actually are unbelieving hypocrites in the church. This is a biblical view. The book of James is this shocking book where James, the brother of Jesus, writes that even demons believe in God. So mere intellectual assent, that doesn't save anybody. What the Bible says is that Jesus saves those who repent and believe in his name. Now, that's really uncomfortable to talk about, but it's true. There are those who deceive others and themselves, but who actually don't know or act like Jesus at all. Um, it, it, it's believed right now, it seems to be, uh, data seems to be showing that the church in North America is shrinking. And that's certainly alarming to many people. It's actually not alarming to me. Because what seems to be shrinking is something that's often referred to as the mushy middle. Um, not a great name, but uh, the mushy middle is, is what's shrinking. And, and the mushy middle is what's referred to as cultural Christianity or Christian in name alone and nothing else. That's what's disappearing. So what's disappearing right now in the Christian landscape are those who claim to be morally upright, but look, sound, act and live no differently than anyone else in the world. Jesus warned us about people like this. He said in Matthew 7 on his famous Sermon on the Mount, beware of false prophets. He went on to say not just false prophets, like not just leaders, 
But he goes on to say, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Not only will there be fake leaders in the church, there will be fake disciples. So back to the book of James, James goes on to write that faith without works is dead, meaning authentic faith is the kind of faith that works itself out in love and good deeds. So what that means is authentic faith actually does change how disciples of Jesus lives, live. Therefore, their, their lives do look different. Their lives will look different. So the first group of hip- hypocrites I want to talk about, besides celebrity hypocrites and political hypocrites, are, are, are what we're talking about are those who aren't actually Christians, but who claim to be. It's those who hear, who, who, sorry, those who, who wear the title of Christian and therefore are observed by people in society who assume they're Christian, but who never actually try and learn from him or live well what he taught and take his teachings seriously. Here's the warning. Our confession must be coupled with God-honoring lives. And where that hasn't happened because of inauthentic faith, I mean, it's right that it's 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 right that people would look in at it as completely distasteful and hypocritical because it isn't authentic faith. They're merely wearing a title, but they're they're not living as people of the cross, followers of Jesus. But there's a, there's a second kind of angle we need to come at this, and that's the fact that there are there are Christian, genuine Christian, but yet hypocrite people in the church. In the church, really, there are only one of two categories, unbelieving hypocrites and Christian hypocrites. And like our, win, our willful sinfulness, our lack of pursuit of holiness and purity actually stands in the way of the Christian faith for many people. Now, this is alarming. It should alarm us. Hypocrisy leads some people to reject Christianity. The hypocrisy of Christians stands in the way of some people even wanting to look in at Jesus and his church. In in 2 Corinthians 5, there's this passage where it talks about followers of Jesus as ambassadors for Christ. And any time our hypocrisy makes us bad ambassadors, that should grieve us. And so um, it reminds me, there's this guy I know named John, and he's a, uh, an indigenous man who loves Jesus, and he works with us. And, and before we, we planted one of the campuses of our church in an area that's nearly 50% indigenous and has some reserves in the area, Um, we were replanting a church that had been there and it did not have a good, well, we kind of found this out. It did not have a good name in the community at all. And so John would go on to some of these reserves and connect with people relationally, just chat with them, get to know them a bit. And he kept asking the same question, which I love. He would kind of talk with people and he would, he would point in the direction of the church building in town and he'd say, do they have anything that they need to apologize for? What a great, beautiful, humble question. Does that church have anything to apologize for? And over and over again, people would be like, uh, yeah, actually this happened and that happened. 
and he could apologize and, and, and we repented of those things. We, you know, like we, we want to make amends because that's, that's, that's the only way relationship can move forward and, and that we can get out of the way of people actually getting to know who Jesus is. I mean, this is what Jesus did in, in Mark's gospel. There's four gospels in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. They all tell the story of Jesus from their own vantage point. And Mark 1 tells us that Jesus began his ministry by calling people to repent. Here's what's fascinating. He was saying it to religious people. So when it comes to hypocrisy, this is where we need to start here as followers of Jesus. It's, it, we need to start with repentance. <laughs> We need to ask God for forgiveness, how we have misrepresented Jesus to the world. And we actually need to, need to look out at people we're in relationship with and apologize for our hypocrisy. Apologize to them so that we can make amends and get out of the way of them actually coming um, to look in at Jesus and his claims. So to those who, who those doubting Christianity, this isn't an original idea to me. I've, I've, I've read about this and it's resonated with me. Is I want to give an invitation to anyone who, who may be listening, who struggles with this faith doubt, the doubt of hypocritical Christians. I want to ask uh, that you would, you would look at it this way. Rather than looking at somebody and observing their hypocrisy and saying, ah, Christianity can't be true. That person claims to be a Christian and what they're doing is hypocritical. Rather than look at it that way, I'd invite you to look at it this way. Look at a trajectory and say, yeah, but where have they come from? Where did this person start? Like, I know that's how they're acting now. But how are they acting five years ago? See, what happens is people look in at the church and they go, that guy goes to church? That guy's a part of your church? Oh, man, that guy's such a hypocrite. Yeah, but no, he came to Jesus three months ago. And, and Jesus is like doing some incredible things in his life. His life's being transformed. It, look, it doesn't look like it did three months ago. But in many ways, it looks a lot like it did in three months ago. And yet to, to reject Christianity on that, that account, I mean, I think of the, the, the terrible things I've said and the awful ways I've acted. And I think, man, that's no representation of Jesus. And it, it pains me, right? Like, I was like, I don't want to get in the way of, of, of people meeting Jesus. They go, oh, man, that guy's a Christian? Well, ugh, right? It's distasteful. It's so true. But, but a good and, and, and gracious question to ask is, yeah, but where did that person start? Are they growing? Have there been changes in them? You know, it's a good, it's a good question. In Romans 7, it, it talks about this, and I think everybody can relate to this. It says, the Apostle Paul wrote it, and he said, For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. And then he goes on and says, for I delight in the law of God in my inner being. I love God. I delight in him. I believe in him. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. 
this is reflecting um, there's this this language in, in in the Christian tradition of already and not yet and this passage so reflects it the already aspect of salvation is that believers have been saved in the moment of their conversion when they've surrendered their life to Jesus Christ that's the already aspect of the Christian faith they are saved the not yet aspect of the Christian faith is that believers will be saved ultimately for all eternity when Christ returns. And so Christians live in the tension between already and not yet, have been justified, not yet glorified, living in the tension between those two worlds. The great Henry Nouwen wrote, can we only speak when we are fully living what we are saying? I mean, this applies to all of us. Can we only speak when we are fully living what we are saying, if all our words had to cover all our actions, we would be doomed to permanent silence. Sometimes we're called to proclaim God's love, even when we're not yet fully able to live it out. I mean, the church know this about ourselves. <laughs> we don't always project this, but we do know this about ourselves. We're far from perfect. We are broken vessels, crooked tools. And I get it. It can look hypocritical from the outside. So here's my word to the Christian. You can battle against sin and experience victory. You can grow in holiness. You, you can therefore become less hypocritical as you live the Christian life. I said it already, we're called to be ambassadors for Christ in the world. We're given a ministry of reconciliation. On the one hand, there's those things. There's these things that we acknowledge that we are hypocrites who need Jesus. And on the other hand, we recognize that as followers of Jesus, we are in the midst of a transformation and we can shine as lights in the world in that already and not yet state. But unbelieving church attenders aside and hypocritical Christians aside, here's the heart of the matter. The Christian faith in the church aren't built upon hypocrites or morally upright people. The Christian faith in the church are built upon Jesus. So kind of philosophically, accusations of hypocrisy assume that there are moral standards that hypocrites break. But, but why does that standard exist? Where does it come from? Right? The same is said of a previous episode we did of ev on evil and suffering. We, we want to put God on the hook for evil and suffering in the world, but the fact that we use such categories is actually more evidence for the existence of God than not. And so in terms of hypocrisy, rather than serve as an argument against faith in God, the objection to hypocrisy actually supports the reality of a transcendent, moral being who stands over the fray. And we in the Christian tradition refer to that transcendent being as Jesus. Celebrities, politicians, oh yeah, religious people, yeah, we are all hypocrites. But Jesus stands alone as the only fully righteous, unhypocritical person who's ever lived. So the invitation then is to weigh Christianity not on its followers, but its leader, 
Jesus was not a hypocrite. Jesus is not a hypocrite. So it's a beautiful thing that our faith isn't built upon us, but it's built upon him. I've watched plenty of singing competition shows over the years. There's a ton of them. And a few, more than a few of them show, you know, the, the, the clips of the worst performances or auditions, you know, which are often, often the most fun part because they're so horrible. They're always surprisingly terrible. And uh, so picture that you, you hear this tone-deaf guy belting out just terribly an Aretha Franklin song it, it wouldn't be reasonable to conclude see Aretha Franklin is not the queen of soul if you were to talk to that person you'd be like that's unreasonable you can't you, 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 you need to you need to listen to Aretha because she is the queen of soul in the same way, I can just speak for myself. Like a lot of times when I talk about Jesus, I feel like the tone deaf guy belting it out. And, and that's, that's not a pleasant place to live. But I just so desperate, I do desperate. I, I don't want to get in the way. And I want, I, I so desperately want people to, to hear the King of Kings, you know? I want people to see him, hear him know him, realize that they are loved by him. There's uh, been a, uh, a summary of the grand sweep of the Bible put this way. Abraham was a liar. Moses was a murderer. David was an adulterer. Peter was a denier. Thomas was a doubter. Lazarus was dead. Jesus saves. So in terms of hypocrisy, like what's our part? What's our part in the grand story of the Bible? Our part is liar, murderer, adulterer, denier, doubter, and dead. What's Jesus' part? Savior, King, hope, rescuer, redeemer. The point of Christianity is not about those who screw up. It's about Jesus. It's not those who are brought back to life that are even the point. It's Jesus and we believe in the Christian tradition that Jesus takes away the sins of those who sincerely repent. Those who repent of their hypocrisy to the only one who has no hypocrisy is the point. The gospel, which is, is the good news about Jesus, isn't about what we can do for God, but what God has done for us in the person and the work of Jesus. This is a little segment we like to call Final Thoughts, where Emily Schantz shares her final thoughts on this week's episode. Yeah, it doesn't need to be first and last name. You can just call me Emily if you want. Where M? Yeah, no, you can just M, do Emily. Where Emmers Any. shares her thoughts. Okay. Um, so I just want to start off with a little bit of housekeeping. I 
That was great. It was a great podcast that you just did. Um, less of a sermon than the last episode, so that's Good. positive. Good. Still way too much talking. And I think that'll change when you start the second season and start interviewing people. It's just kind of awkward to begin with. But that's, I know you you feel that way too. So it's not about criticizing. If you even remotely like the first season, then I'm really confident you'll love the second season. Right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think you're right. No, yeah, you will. Um, what a confidence. And then the other house, the last housekeeping item is that I think you need to trim this down you're talking down about 75%. So 25% of what you said, I was like, okay, that's great. And then there was just lots of, so much talking. So I think you need to kind of trim a bit of the fat off this machine. Okay. Um, it's, it's final thoughts, not final critiques. I know. I, I've identified this pattern in myself, and it's something that I'm not willing to work on. In terms of the mm-hmm. content, though... When you started talking about hypocrisy, I was like, oh, yes, this is great. Here we go. And as my dad would say, now we're cooking with gas. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I think that the hardest part, which you summarized really well, is not looking at other people, Hmm. right? When Hmm. we get discouraged inside or outside of the church, looking around and being like, oh my gosh, what is this scene? What are these people doing? Mm -hmm. What am I doing? Um, Yeah, you can really get lost in that. So it's helpful for me to remember that point to not be looking around at Bob or Betty and how they're living. I'm not really following them. Mm -hmm. I'm not even following Matt Shantz. But that's not very wise. What this is about, right? And yeah. that I'm a hypocrite too. And if you've been walking this road of faith and trying to follow Jesus and live in his way, then I imagine you've asked yourself or thought to yourself, I'm such a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. I can't believe this. When you fall into something again or when you do something that's outside of that framework of your faith. Oh, like, I can't believe I did this. Mm. Oh, I'm such a hypocrite. Why should I even bother? I think we all feel that about ourselves. So, yes, we are all hypocrites, totally. And I think that if you're feeling that way, if you're feeling like, oh, man, I'm a hypocrite, um... You can give yourself compassion and then extend that to other people too. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And that is the big hope is that it all rests on Jesus, thankfully. It's my final thought. And so that's the end of Final Thought with Emily. You're thinking deep thoughts. Is that deep enough? hypocrite I know is? You're going to say me? No. Yourself. 
No, I was going to say you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the funny thing, I would also say me. Oh, that's so. oh, okay. That No, now we're going to get sad. I was just joking. No, stop. Oh. I obviously, I know. I am too. T- me t- me too. Let's make this final thoughts. Name your, the top ten hypocritical things that I have done that you have witnessed. Here we go. Oh. Number ten. Just kidding. Let's not do that. I wouldn't mind doing that. <laughs> okay. Actually, let's not do 10 things, but let, this is a fun game. Oh, you dear. say, we each say one thing that like, for the first thing that I can't come up with 10, but you can go first because then I'll get mad and I'll have something cool. good back. Okay. What do I do that stands out, like pops into your mind that is the most hypocritical thing that I do? I don't know. I mean, one, this is very hard. <laughs> um, you have, uh... Well, you have that Italian fire in you, so sometimes you have like a very. There can be there've been instances where you've had very, uh, kind of passionate, fiery response that sometimes you've regretted later. That to maybe to people like road rage, for example. Yeah, people, sure, yeah. sure. There no problem. I actually, yeah, I. Okay. I went easy on you, but I'm gonna buckle up now. Here we go. What's the one that comes up? Come to mind. Oh, I thought you had something really ready no, there. No, I didn't. I really didn't. Um, I think that... That one time I stubbed my toe and said, Dang it. What would you think about yourself? I don't know if I have anything. If you could prompt me. <laughs> with, And then I'll really just overflow. Just open, um, open the vat a little bit. Well, I would say I, that for you, it's often been hard for you to sit hearing my preaching oh, yes. because here I am the preacher yeah, we're gonna talk about and that I don't I, yes. it, it's very hard to live what you preach but I would also counter with that that's why I always talk about Jesus because it's like I yeah, know that you know that and then that's exactly but yes. right I'm preaching some value or principle or standard and of course you know me better than anyone I failed it myself very much right um yeah, I mean, I don't think that you're a hypocrite in any glaring ways. I know that you are. This is really hard. I know you are. I take it back. I know you are. I just can't think of them right now, and they're going to nope. come to me. And in the that's night, all the time we have. And I'm going to have another hour long. We're oh, gonna... I know they're there. I feel like this is a spiritual intervention. This is. Thank you, Lord, the for Lord blocking... blocking my mind from all the things that are there and true. Maybe. And that you get to reference my rage, which actually it's all the I time don't we feel have. bad. That's I don't all even the time. That's that. all the time we have. <laughs>